Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number 28 in the book of Philippians. I think this is the concluding chapter or, or conclusion of Philippians. That is, we are going to title this Reminding from Philippians. That is, we're going to bring stuff back to our mind, bring it into our mind again, because Philippians is a book about setting of the mind. Yesterday, in mostly chapters one and up to two and a half or so, we the message was to man up and to be brought to completion and have full courage and uh, get up rather than getting out. And this is a matter of life and death that we're going to have to strive towards and progress and hold on to, hold on to people, hold on to faith. And how are we going to do this? It's like an impossible task. Well, two five tells us we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. What kind of mind is that? Oh boy, that's the that that's the one. Though he was in form of God, didn't count equality with God to be a thing to be grasped, he made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself. It's one of humility. So we learned that yesterday that we had to man up. How do we do that? By bowing down by giving up our stinking thinking, by changing our thoughts and standing before God uh, in in sort of a brave way. So Philippians is a, a book about setting our minds. And, and here he tells us, he reminds us to set our minds like Christ. So therefore, uh, in 2.12, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work. So in the context of Christ's example, in the context of humility, we are supposed to be active, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, and know that God is working at us, and he is working. So what he asks us to do He's going to help us. And where he sends us, he's going to meet us. He is pleased with this activity of us working on changing our minds and having him change our minds. 2.16, hold fast to the word of the Lord. Don't run. Uh, don't run in vain. I didn't run in vain and I didn't run away. Verse 19 in chapter 2. Then Paul asks this next question. He says, well, he was the first generation of Christianity, so but but he's not going to be the last. He, he doesn't know this, but he's probably not. So how are we going to get the next generation ready to get ready for the next generation? Who's going to be getting ready for the next generation? Well, that question is answered by a man named Timothy. So if you are not specifically pouring your life into someone who someone else's spiritual life, who's 20 years maybe younger than you that's the owl this morning you should be verse chapter 3 Paul is going to describe what things count and what things don't count he describes the things that he has traditionally had uh, as credentials he's going to say this is a, they're in the poo pile uh, they're in the manure pile. We talk, told the story about the bike racer that crashed into the, this massive pile of poo. And Paul kind of says, well, that's my all my old accomplishments. So what, what, but what does he treasure? And, and here it is. It is be found in him. It was one of the things that I keep coming back to in the book of Philippians. The nuclear power plant is one thing. That's, that's what Christ did 
in chapter 2, the kenosis, the giving up, the humility. The other one is just this tender section where he says, be found in him. So when righteousness is tallied up, you want to be found in the Lord. When death needs to be conquered, you want to be found in him. When grief washes over us, be found in him. We, when we wonder what of life is of value, we should be found in him. When circumstances are hard and something happens, as he said to him, and it, it was bad, be found in him. And he says in, in this, this other part of this story, in 3.9, I press, press on, or this is 3.12, I press on because Jesus has made me his own. And the, the touching part of this is this love story with you at the center of this. I am borrowed from the Song of Solomon. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. But that same concept that that he is, we were supposed to be found in him because he's made us our own, made us his own. And then 315, uh, again, back to this big theme about think this way. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. So he wants us to move towards a way of thinking that is mature, set, defined. It act, the thinking actually involves some forgetting, forget what's behind and looking what's forward. He says, keep your eyes on some particular people. That is people that have an imitatable life, specifically Paul's and anybody else's who live this in a imitatable life. Then we learned our best thing about our bodies in, in 321. The best thing about your body is that it is transformable and it is going to be like God's glorious body. We get this great taste of heaven in the book of Philippians. And then finally in chapter four, we're supposed to be like-minded in conflict resolution. So is conflict a mark of your church? Probably, if it's made up of people. Philippians is a book about setting our minds in a certain way. And specifically here, having a, the same mind of Christ when we're in conflict, the mind of conflict resolution. Let's agree in the Lord. And again, this tender thing, remember the Lord is at hand. So let's be reasonable and don't be anxious. Uh, four, six, be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. And when we suffer, you've heard the term, I suffer by, for, by I suffer with anxiety. Well, that's not supposed to be the end of the conversation. That's supposed to be the beginning of the conversation. We're supposed to have a mind that's directed toward God, a desperate pleading God, uh, requesting of the Lord. And we're supposed to have a disposition of thanks, thankfulness. We're supposed to fill our minds with certain things as after we get rid of the anxiety what is honorable and pure, he lists eight different things. And then Paul, we find him that he learns something. He learns to be content. Why? Because he set his mind. He's doing sort of this mind control. So what's driving Paul's bus of his mind is not his circumstances, but it's it's this attitude of mind control uh, towards the Lord. And then in 17, prosperity gospel is not prosperous enough. It's not generous enough. It misses the person of God, the pleasure of God, participation in his ministry and the people of God. And then he ends Philippians with, be glory from this acre, from the land that I occupy, for this person and from this place, from this mind be glorified. So this is what Philippians is reminding us of. Thank you for listening.